On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. <laughs> Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem, a special edition of Punters Postmortem today being a Tuesday the 19th. Hopefully everyone had a great couple of days off with Easter and enjoyed themselves. If you didn't, you had to work and whatnot, hopefully there was a few winners thrown in there because we had some great racing coming our way on Saturday and for that fact over the weekend as well. We've got a, as I said, a special edition this morning. Unfortunately, we did have a meeting set down for Coffs Harbour today, but just with the amount of rain that they've had in that particular area, uh, still that uh, that track waterlogged and not uh, suitable for racing. So when we eventually do get a meeting at Coffs Harbour in the near future, we really need to get behind the club and support them. They have been extremely unlucky pretty much all summer and into, of course, this early part of autumn. Uh, we're going to take your calls today on 13.53.53 and just the two fillers today. We've got uh, Duff and Dino. So we've got Ron Duffersey and Dean Lester. No Glenn Munsey today. So we've got plenty of opportunity for uh, for plenty of questions about Ramwick on the weekend and what else was uh, floating around as we sort of now start to look at the standalone meetings here in New South Wales. Of course, we'll be, before you know it, there at Scone. Of course, we've got the Gosford meeting. uh, And we've also got the Hawkesbury meeting coming up. So we've got uh, some spotlight being shone on some other race clubs away, of course, uh, from the ATC, which I think is great for racing in New South Wales. Plus, we've got other carnivals popping up around the country. We do still, or we will still preview racing today in Australia. There's only one meeting in Oz today, and it's at Geelong. And they've got eight races on the card, so we will preview that with Mark Hunter after Putter's post-mortem this morning. And Leanne West has the scratchings for that Geelong meeting. G'day, Westy. G'day, Dave. Good morning, everyone. The weather in Geelong today is showery. The rail is out three metres from the 1,400 to the 350 and true for the remainder. Panatrometer reads 6.3 and the track is rated a heavy nine. There are 43 scratchings from race one, number two, Century Fox. 10, The Devil in Her, and 11, Volanda, 2, 10, and 11. Race 2, number 5, Queen of the South, 6, Tempestari, 7, Topeka, and 8, Tuscan Heat, 5, 6, 7, and 8. To race 3, take out 2, Surely Special, 6, Fazabeel, and 8, Murrajong Road, 2, 6, and 8. From race 4, number 3, Lord Piero, 4, Out of the Cage, Six, Seal Gear. Seven, Shine and Dandy. And 11, Diamond Dagger. Three, four, six, seven, and 11. Race five, take out seven, Fighting Arrow. Ten, Young Hostess. And 11, Anchorman. Seven, ten, and 11. From race six, number three, Humble Pie. Ten, Figo the Great. Eleven, Stark Raving. And the emergencies, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. From race 7, scratch 1, Aero Victory, 3, Hydro Star, 6, Burning the Clock, 7, Opposing, 8, Mount Buller, 9, Turbo Ken, and 12, Sabuma, 1, 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 12. And race 8, scratch 1, Northern Nero, 7, Squamy, 9, Sugar and Sweet, 10, Hamslet, 
11 Valentinos on and the emergencies 15, 16, 17, 18 and 19. So that is 1, 7, 9, 10, 11, 15, 16, 17, 18 and 19. Out of the last at Geelong. Dave. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that, Westy. As I said, we will have two of that racing today at Geelong. It is our New South Wales and our form expert, Hunter, will be previewing that after Punters Post morning. So yeah, we can we can still have flutter to the Tuesday. Ron Doversy is a part of our panel. Morning, Duff. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Dave. Um, interesting day at Ramwick, the final day of the carnival with some oh, plenty of highlights there. There was some fantastic racing, obviously, the bias, the ugly bias set in and that caused a bit of drama, uh, but we got through the day pretty well and, um, and like I said, there was plenty, there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, there certainly is plenty to talk about. Uh, we've got our Melbourne studio as well. Good morning to you, Dino. Morning, Dave. How was your weekend, mate? Uh, yeah, plenty on, uh, plenty of racing right through the weekend. So uh, we started the, the Good Friday trend on Friday and went right through. So uh, it's good to see Ayrton back winning the Victoria Handicap and uh, yeah, good weekend of racing. Yeah, looking forward to dissecting his win too because uh, from what he has been through uh, off the track as well with his injuries and whatnot, I think it was uh, very, a very, very good result for everyone involved with that horse. Uh, your calls today, 13.53.53. I'm hoping and tipping we're going to get plenty of punters uh, calling in today with their thoughts on, on a few things. I want to start firstly though, Duff, <clears throat> pardon me, with the Group 1, the All-Age Stakes, as we always do. We'll start with the biggest race on the card there, and uh, gee, there was some quality all around, and Cascadian, Sean Light, J-Mac got his, uh, what, 64th Group 1 victory. Yeah, and he's gathering them up pretty quickly, isn't he? And uh, a great ride. He obviously had the coveted rails draw, and there was an advantage on the day, and everything went to plan because they were overdoing it by this stage. And he still saved his ground on the inside, and it was just a beautiful ride. In saying that, I'd, uh, I think you'd go home wondering what could have happened if you're the connections of Tefani. I think she's unbelievable uh, what she did. You know, they're going along, she over-raced, three wide, four wide, no cover, sprinted quickly early when the the favourites fell in a hole early, and it was just a sit, sitting shot for a horse that had the great run. So she went down in a blaze of glory, I must say. And um, you could, like I said, you can make an excuses for her. Ellsberg did his thing, he battled on, law of indices, just crying out for her. Uh, a drier track, there's no doubt about that. And hard to say too much about the others, but beautiful ride, well set up. Second horse, unlucky. What about your thoughts on the race, uh, Dino? Much similar? Yeah, very similar, Dave. Uh, sort of, uh, you left wanting more with Tefane. You'd want to make yeah. a horse to follow rather than retiring her. But uh, she was, uh, that was as good as I've ever seen her go. So, uh, no, it was a tremendous run. Uh, those. Uh, as you said, on the pace, didn't uh, didn't keep going for one of the few occasions on the day. But Cascadian who raced uh, on that best ground for a majority of the race, and that certainly helped his cause. And another feather in the cap, I must say, of the All Star Mile uh, One Two um, yep. after the Doncaster. So that's worked out a pretty strong form race. It certainly yeah, has. It certainly has. Do you think that's to do not only with the quality of what we saw line up there, but also maybe Dino the fact that. That the dry deck it was on? I think that's had a lot to do with it, Dave, and I think uh, I thought more in the uh, Doncaster it was those horses running well at weight for age and dropping down to 51 kilos and things like that, but uh, yeah, all in all, maybe yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a few, there's 
you know, quite a few horses now that have performed well. So you'd, you'd have to say that the uh, the dry track and, and fresh legs had a lot to do with it. And saying that Cascadian went to the Doncaster in between. So he still, uh, still had the toughness of being able to do that as well. Some of the uh, information came out of the stewards' report uh, of the all-age stake stuff. Uh, so in the Congo, maybe we can maybe put a... A bit of a, a, a little star beside, uh, slow to recover, was the post-veterinary examination. He just needs a dry deck by the looks of it, doesn't he? Yeah, I'd say so. And they once they said uh, a few little changes of tactics there when they're saying overpass the more or less lead at all costs and a few others went forward there, it was uh, it made things a little bit more brutal up front as well. So, um, yeah, I'd have to be forgiving for him. All right. And also in the uh, stewards' report, I see that uh, Forbidden Love, uh, I mean, look, She's had a fantastic autumn. She'll now be spelled after she also uh, had that post-race veterinary examination of being uh, slow to recover. Um, so Michael Friedman, yeah, advising she will be spelled. Yeah, uh, she just had come to the end of it as well. I thought Zutori was good again there. He, they, they pick him up for the right races, or maybe the wrong races, but uh, he, he gets him running well in the big races, Matt, but he just you know lacks a couple of lengths at, at the top level. Mm. What about the, you mentioned at the start, the, the way in which that track was playing. So if people are you know, adding notes to their black books, their form guides, their databases, what would your notes be for how that track played the Duff on Saturday? I would be distinct advantage inside, um, in close, um, on pace earlier in the day, but you still had to be pretty well, if you were making your runs and saving ground, it had to be on the inside. I know you could get to probably um, a little bit later in the day where, and probably our playboy got three wide with cover, but that was hardly surprising. And, um, yeah, my may have just evened up a little the last couple of races, but it was very much, very much on pace inside. Is this going to be one of those meetings too, Duff, where, and we've seen it before, maybe not so much in the last couple of weeks, but maybe uh, there was a Rose Hill meeting just before sort of that big, big rain arrived where it was quicksand in certain parts, and then we found that horses that, we're running in those particular quicksand parts. Came out next start on on a, on a fairer deck and really uh, improved dramatically. Was, was there anything that really? Yeah. I know we'll have your horses to follow later, but just while we're talking about it now, anything that you really go right? Well, back on a, an equal playing surface, and this is going to be right in the finish. Uh, yeah, look, I remember that Rosehill day, and that was real bad uh, down the middle that day. It was mm. it was bad enough there on Saturday. I don't know, um, you know. Some of these horses are coming to the end of their preparations as well, so it's hard to say, oh, we've got to follow this, we've got to follow that, because it was out wide and run a fair race. But I think they just treat them as pretty well as individuals, and uh, I'd still give a big tick to anything that sat wide and did anything there, put it that way. Okay, all right. Uh, Dino, let's talk about Ayrton before we get back up to Sydney because this horse uh, has gone fantastic. Uh, over 1,400, Jamie Carr. What was the, the post-race comments from Jamie uh, to come out of Saturday's win? Oh, she was just, uh, I think, very uh, relieved as the stable were to see him back. Uh, he'd only had one 1,200-metre jump out and a very soft jump out of that. So he went in not certainly not a Mick Price preparation at all and Mick was very open in the in the press going into the race saying that you know the horse hadn't had his usual sort of preparation and he was and nearly to the extent that he, he you know he'd be surprised if he won but uh, he got a beautiful run he began really well which uh, helped his cause uh, he was in the sweet spot and this race uh, it looked like it on the speed map when you saw it the the main chances drew barriers one to about eight 
and they were going to be in a cluster on the inside, and that's how uh, absolutely race. So for Exolita to come out wider and kiss on all four cheeks, drew in that spot, but just got pushed wide on the home turn and or switched off heels and went very wide. Uh, they were they were good runs, but uh, Etten did a good job. He's going to be uh, pretty aggressively placed straight away. He's going straight to the. Uh, uh, the Hollandale and then the Dooman Cup and then the Q22. I, I wondered if he'd be going back to uh, Brisbane maybe for uh, for the Stradbroke that he missed yeah. out on last year. But uh, no, they're going straight up in trips. So that's, that's there his next three runs. Well, that's interesting to know because I was half suing everyone into him for the Stradbroke on Sunday morning. So <laughs> he's, he's probably not going there. No, unless, unless maybe after the Hollandale and they, they don't, you know, like the way he's trending, they've still got time to freshen up, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, ideally, they want to get him out over trip. He, he's, he's spoken about this before, Mick, hasn't he, um, Dino? That, and I know a lot of stables are, are using it, but they're really getting right into the, the DNA and going right through the DNA of their horses. And, and from all indications from when he's spoken to me, and this was before, obviously, the spider bite, that the, the DNA crew was saying that Ayrton is, you know, a, a 10 furlong horse. So, I mean, this is an opportunity for him to get, what, 1,800 and then up to Q22, sort of that Zaki path that we saw last year. Yeah, well, last year, the, you know, the decision was, you know, I'm friends with the uh, uh, the Roller Dice crew and their big uh, thing was, would they be going to the Golden Eagle as a four-year-old or the Cox Plate? Well, this year it's taken out of their hands. They're a five-year-old, so, he, you know, if he shows what they're expecting, uh, he'll be on a Cox Plate path. Okay, there you go. They're very strong, they're stable, aren't they, Mick? And, and they're a good combination, young Mick and old Mick. And they've got a really good team around them at the moment by the look of it. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they really complement each other well because um, young Michael comes from a... You know, his dad's a very patient trainer, trains them long, trains them steady, very patient. Mick... Price is a very aggressive trainer. He's, you know, he, he's up and about, and I think they're a really good blend. They've, you know, I think, uh, you know, it, it's working really well, and, and we'll only get stronger. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you're on punters post mortem this morning. Thirteen fifty three fifty three is the open line number, and I'm very interested to see if we get any calls on this next topic. It's been the topic <laughs> that's been all over the social media, and I'm really interested because this is punters post mortem. So as punters. Uh, the thought process or maybe the, the thinking has been a little bit different. And I speak at the Kementari uh, situation where we saw Kementari scraping paint there in the Tab Hallmark Stakes. Firstly, Duff, what did you make of it as it was all unfolding there on Saturday? Oh, look, it was, it, was, it was obviously a big talking point. It was theatre. We all know he broke the rules, but I've always said it. Um, you get this inside bias. Uh, where there's two lanes up the inside and it causes more drama than anything in racing. Now, these jockeys are only trying to do the best by connections and punters, trying to find the best part of the track, especially if it's two and three lengths better, and you give yourself no hope coming around them. And uh, that's the cause of the drama every time. So I'd suggest, suggest if we had a fair track uh, or the fence wasn't on fire, we wouldn't have had a problem in the world. Uh, but that causes drama. I'd, I'd be interested in p- the punters' thoughts too uh, on from one week to the next. What's a worse look? The way Nash rode uh, the, the race in the Queen Elizabeth and excessive whip use or having to virtually force a run in that uh, race on Saturday. What What's mm. a worse look? And yeah, I, know, uh, I know what I think. I thought Saturday was a horrible look. Hmm. Uh, with, with that um, 
on Saturday. Um, his strike rate for Godolphin, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, boys. It might have been in the punters' panel. But Nash's best strike rate out of all the trainers that he rides for, it's James Cummings, who's at the top of the tree. It just seems like uh, these horses suit Nash uh, and his, his aggressive riding duff. Yeah, well, he certainly suited Kamantari. Um, for him to burst ride a hole like that and, and race yeah. away. Uh, but he does go well fresh and he does like it wet, I must say. But uh, he's, he's come back with a bang there. And Nash has had a, a lot of success with, I would say, limited rides for Godolphin over the last three months. So he, he would have a big strike right there. Obviously, putting him on the horses where they've got a bit of weight as well. But he's getting mm. the job He's getting the job done on him. Jesus, did you see? He's, he's young bloke. Uh, where was it? But yesterday, Oak Bank. <laughs> Oak Bank. He showed, well, he showed was, the old man up. I'm going to say it was Oak Bank, but parts of it was Harndorf and parts of it were the, <laughs> yes. the surrounding towns. Unbelievable. That was extraordinary to watch, uh, and well done to Campbell. It, it seems... Oh, look, out. by the way, it's funny, and we're going to have a lot of calls, I think, about this Kevin Tari situation. We've already got the phone board lighting up, but just before we get to those callers, uh, Dean, it seems like... He gets some opportunities there in Adelaide, uh, Campbell, but then he also doesn't, um, and that surprises me. Oh, I think it's just weight-related, Dave. There's not, okay. you, know, I, you know, he's pretty heavy, uh, and uh, I don't think the, the weight scale allows him to probably get that as many rides as he had hoped, but, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's uh, you know, he had a double there, and uh, he, um, he, he's going quite well. All right, let's get to our first caller on the line. 135353 is the open line number. Tom's on the line. Morning, Tom. Morning, fellas. How's it going? Very good, mate. What's on your mind? Mate, I thought just talking about the incident, and obviously you blokes probably uh, know Nash personally, but, mate, I thought it was reckless, um, and I thought it was really poor advertisement for the sport, considering that, you know, me personally, I absolutely hate to see when it... Our beautiful animal goes down, um, and especially pointlessly. And I know you talk about what if, what if, what if. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to think about the welfare of the animal. And quite easily, he could have brought three of them down. Yep, it, it was reckless, and then he was charged, and he was given, he's got a month on the sidelines. So I don't think anyone's arguing that he. he, he he made a mistake there, it, it, was a, it, it wasn't a good look, but I think considering the actions where he was straight in the room and there was hardly any defence there, it was just a, a spur of the moment where he went, wanted to be on the rail and he's, he's paying the price being out for a month. He certainly is. Uh, thanks for your call, Tom. Another co- uh, call on the line. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Tom. Max. Good morning, Max. Good morning, fellas. Mate, what, I, what I've got there for you, I've got two for... I want Dino and Duff to chime in on, on these two, and I've got one for you, Dave, at the finish, mate. OK. What I want to talk about, you can put all these million-dollar uh, races on and that, you know what I mean, but it's only the top half-dozen trainers and jockeys win them. And what I want to highlight, and I thought over a few weeks, is Colin Little, mate. You know, he's at the stage where he's, he had to retire because he couldn't get staff to ride his horses. You know, and that's uh, that's a lot of the things facing a lot of these older trainers now, or, or stables with uh, not so many horses. Yeah, I was opinion uh, on it because it's not only Melbourne, they know it's uh, Sydney as well, but yeah, the, the it, just take that case in isolation. There's a little bit of a there's a little bit to that. He actually partnered up with Matt Lindsay because Matt Lindsay be, is a very accomplished horseman. 
and uh, he was going to be you know, riding the work. Colin was still going to be the trainer. And Mac Lindsay got suffered a debilitating back injury, which he doesn't know how long before he'll ever, or if ever, he'll he'll be riding a horse again. So that's why that partnership uh, ultimately failed. But it is certainly a yeah, it's a. I mean, the uh, staffing issues in racing is is one of our biggest issues we face. No doubt about it. Um, staffing is a big issue, and, and more so since the borders have been shut. Hopefully, with the borders opening now that uh, they can bring some... Internationals. Yeah, some international qualified horse people in and um, and sort of get back in business. And obviously we, we, we need these academies and, and everything going around at the moment to, to educate these people that want to be in the business as well um, because, um, you know, you're not going to go far if you haven't got good staff. Now, I want to talk to you about three horses going forward. I want to talk to Cox Plate, think it over... Tatsu, Ayrton, I want to pick your brains. Well, they're all candidates, aren't they? You know, think it over, has just done an amazing job. He's a Queen Elizabeth winner. Hatatsu, we don't know how good he is. And Hareton, well, same. He's won six from eight. And, uh, yeah, you've, you've, you've isolated a good three there. Max, I, mm. I, I, a bit early for me to make a call. I want to see them all come back and, and they have their lead-up runs. But they're, they're all big, big players, Dino. They are. Uh, you know, you've, you've got a hard head now, like Think It Over. He's had that good seasoning, and that's that's often a good thing for Cox Plate because we see horses year in, year out turn up there and run well. So he's a, he's a tough horse out and might have that grounding. And I've just got, you know, I've just got to see Hitotsu do it in open grade. I mean, he hasn't raced outside his age group yet. Um, he, he might measure up magnificently, uh, but uh, we've seen too many three-year-olds that when they get to open grade that, that they just fall that bit short. But what we do know is that he's got his age group covered. He came out, Dino, for the derby and stuff. He looked like, say you think, you know what I mean? He just said that in the breathing capacity, the lungs, you know, and the long stride. And I was looking at him and thinking over, say, Melbourne Cup, and I'm going to throw another one in, Dino, that raced on Saturday, Port Nepean. Well, yeah, yeah well... Uh, had a text exchange with Lloyd Williams this morning and he might run in the uh, Andrew Ramsden in a few weeks and if he wins that he's qualified already for the Melbourne Cup so you might be thinking on the on the right path so yeah he'd be well out of that you know it's a wait for age race or set weights the uh, Andrew Ramsden so he's not well treated but I think Lloyd's pretty keen to give him that opportunity and if he doesn't measure up well he'll just race him through winter but uh, I think that's where you'll see him next so yeah no I agree with that I'd throw no, I, I think uh, we we don't know what the future yet do we Duff what Animo is I'd love Animo to try and right the wrong of last year and win the Cox Plate yeah you'd like to see him have a crack considering what happened last year um, yeah so uh, I think they'll, they'll treat that carefully and see how he spells and whatever they, they make a decision but it'd be lovely to see him aim that way yeah, yeah. I think he's the one, yeah, I'd love to see have one more go. Well, Beautiful. Thank much you very much, Bell, mate. Yeah, thanks for the insight. And, Dave, I've, got a, I've just got a gale warning, Dave. A gale warning? What for? Yeah. What, as in wind? Yeah. No, no, gale get out of the flat. The wife's coming home. <laughs> okay, mate. Have a good day. Thank you, Balmain. Balmain Max there. Uh, we've got David on the line, and we're taking your calls. 13.53.53 this morning. We've got a question for Ron Duppercy, Dean Lester. Now the time is to uh, to get on the phone. Uh, morning, David. Hello. How are you going, um, Ron and Dean? Hey, um, Dave. Hey, Dave. Just a couple of, from Melbourne, if you're 
Um, one of them was Clemenceau. Um, yep. Went quite... Actually, the three 1,100-metre races all went fairly quick time, but she, he was the fastest. First of all, would you say he... Will they be taking him to Brisbane, maybe a lightweight chance in the Stradbroke? And the other one I wanted to ask you was Mimonia, the winner of the Galilee. Um, will they be would they be looking at the St. Ledger or one of the Oaks? I'm just... No, she's, she's going back to Adelaide to the Australasian Oaks, I believe. Um... Um, there was post-race commentary about that, so uh, that's where she's going. And uh, with regard to uh, Clemenceau, well, the options are open there for him. Uh, he's a he's an exciting horse, as you pointed out, and I would think that uh, he could go to Adelaide for a race like what used to be called the Euclays. It's now called the Tobin Bronze, or or even and then go onto the uh, Goodwood, or as you said, be a lightweight chance um, in a Stradbroke. But uh, he's got. He's got lovely options, that horse, because mm. he's got, yeah, he's just got good acceleration. He's a, he's a beauty. I was you that thing all right. Um, explosive Jack. I mean, he was so good in this last year, and then he just failed in the, the big cups. So has, has he been retired, or did he br- get injured, or? I think he's just having a long spell. I think, uh, I don't think there's any injury. I think he had such a busy three-year-old season with all those derbies. And then, um, yeah, the the cups probably just were, were too much for him as a four-year-old. So I think he's just having a long break and, and coming back as a five-year-old. Yeah, Racing Australia says he's still spelling, so he's, he's not active at the moment. Mm-hmm. Ron, Ron, you know, the, the, this, I, I thought the Autumn Carnival was good. You know, I really enjoyed it. But I thought the, I mean, the wet tracks did put a bit of a dampen on it. I mean, what are we to read like with She's Extreme and Fireburn and how good they are? I mean... Could it be different next spring, you know, when they're on top of the ground if it's fast tracks? You know, um, it's really a bit hard to say how good a lot of the performances were, really, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, look, those two fillies were dominant at the finish and it ended up being fillies again this season as far as our two-year-olds are concerned. Uh, that held the advantage. But, um, yeah, I, look, there might be a new batch come in, late maturers, but of what the horses that we've saw, um, they, they, were quite, they were quite dominant at the finish there, I must say. Uh, but, like I said, it's these two-year-olds, they don't always come back, and we get these improvers that have had more time to, to you know, to build themselves up, so I think only time will tell. Okay. Really enjoy your show, too. I think it's great. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Great Champion, mate. Thanks for calling. Just on that, uh, Clement, so uh, what a joy say after the race, uh, Dino, because, I mean, what he's, he's been out to the, what, 1,200 as his furthest distance. I know that um, Dave was sort of maybe alluding to a 1,400-metre race there in the Stradbroke, but th- does, does Joe think he's just an out-and-out sprinter? Oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I, I just think he's, he's pretty wrapped in the horse, and uh, he's just said he's still very new. Like, he, as you can see, he's a little bit awkward around the home turn, but uh, once he... He levelled out. Um, he was very good to the line. So uh, yeah, he's uh, no, he's he's got plenty of options. That horse, uh, you know, I like I like his scope. Oh, we've got another caller on the line and keep him coming. Thirteen fifty three, fifty three. The open line number. Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, pondering the all age stakes on Saturday, does anybody feel it might have been a better race when it was run over a mile, in light of the fact that? Like Ajax won it three times, Del Rello twice, uh, Rough Habit twice, and uh, the race scene horse, horses like Manicato went out of girl forgetting Tabor and Bronze to go through it. Um, yeah, look, I think it's working pretty good at 1400 in recent times. It's been one of the 
probably most consistent good fields we've had right through uh, the autumn. And you go back through, you know, some of the fields have been a bit light, but this has been a, a race for good horses and, and, and a good race. You know, it's worth more than the 600. Uh, that's I was just going to say, they get their value for money out of Saturday, the Champagne yeah. and the All-Age. They, they do. Too, yeah. No, I thought I think the All Age is a ripper race, and um, it's, it's it's held together for many years now. Max, no reply. Mark, it's Mark, sorry, mate. Yes, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that's okay. Perfect. Just check. Fantastic. Yeah. Outstanding. Put Thank you very there. much. Oh, I was Just thinking the same thing Saturday, <laughs> uh, but uh, you look back since it's been fourteen hundred, and you've you know you've got your all two hards and. Uh, some you know some very good horses have won it in uh, in recent times. So it's yeah, it's certainly holding its own as a you know, high quality race. We've got Ty back on the line. Morning, Ty. No, he's hung up. He'll be back soon. He's, he has rung up a few times and it's uh, disconnected, so we'll get with Ty in a moment. We might even take a break on uh, Punters Postmortem. 13.53.53, that's the open line number. Give us a call. You're with Ron Novesey and Dean Lester this morning. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yes, you're on Punter's Postmortem this morning on this special Tuesday edition, as yesterday was, of course, uh, the Easter Monday public holiday. Ron Doversey and Dean Lester, your panel today, and we're taking plenty of calls on 13.53.53. So if you've got a question on the weekend's racing for those two gentlemen, call now. We've got Mark on the line. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, boys. Uh, Dino, got a got one for you. Yes, mate. Uh, yeah, the horse got a lot of time for a mare returned yesterday. Queen Ramines. Yeah, I thought she was a massive. Where, where will she go now? Where and where, where's she been for the last twelve months? Princess Rains. Yeah, that's the one. Sorry. That's yeah. She ran. Um, I don't know where she's been. She obviously had problems. Uh, I know the stable holder in really high regard. So I don't know where she's. Going whether this is just a bit of a rehabilitation preparation and she gears up then for the spring or they go to Brisbane or whatever. But yeah, she ran uh, she ran a super race yesterday and uh, yeah, she's on on target for uh, something pretty soon. Uh, I think she'll be winning. So uh, no, keep following her. Yeah, I love her. Thanks, mate. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Mark. I think we've got Ty now. Third time lucky morning, Ty. No, we don't have it. No, he's gone again. He must be ringing and the boss must just keep ducking back around the corner. <laughs> so he has to keep hanging up. Um, who have we got now, Nick? We're, we've got Jeff. Morning, Jeff. Yeah, g'day, Dave. How you going? Good, mate. Uh, whenever I have a win, Dave, I celebrate with the rest. Outstanding. Right. Good stuff, can I, mate. Uh, can I speak to Dean, please? You can. Dean, I, uh, I backed. Sacramento in the Mornington Cup and he led and collapsed in the home straight. I did want to look at the stewards report to see what the issues were with him but I'm having trouble accessing Racing Victoria stewards report. I don't know whether it's my lack of technological knowledge or it's just difficult to do so if you could tell me the best way to access stewards reports on Victorian races and what's your What's your take on Sacramento's last two runs, Dean? Oh, pretty plain. Um, and if you want the stewards' reports, uh, the racing.com website, uh, you, you click on the uh, the calendar, click on the, the meeting, and uh, the stewards' report will be there. So that's that's the best way to try and find it. But, uh, 
Yeah, he seems to have since Canberra gone off the boil a bit, uh, Sacramento. Yeah, because the Canberra win was so impressive. Yeah, it was. It was, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, no, he's... And he's won down here before. He won a St. Ledger down here as a three-year-old. So he handles this way of going. He's just uh, hasn't really come up. Yeah, I thought his future might lie now in hurdle races, maybe. Big chance, big chance. Uh, the stable not afraid to have jumpers. So, uh, yeah, he... Uh, he could be uh, the next one. Hush Rider, obviously, beaten yesterday, but one he's made and hurdle a couple of runs back. So uh, yeah, yeah, and also could... Runaway, too. Yeah, or Runaway, for sure, yeah. Yeah. All right, Beautiful. Then. Thanks, boys. Thanks for your call. Hey, speaking of the Reshers, Duff, do you remember the old uh, dinner ale? Reshers yes. dinner ale? Yes, I do. It's DA. made a comeback. 25 it's a comeback, years. It? It's made a comeback. They've, uh, they've re-released it. The old Dirty it... Annies. There you go. I, I haven't had one yet. I think I'd rather the Reshers myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we've got uh, Mark on the line. He wants to talk about Sandown yesterday. G'day, Mark. G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. How are we? Very good, mate. Good. Um, you know, um, I'm interested about your your um, your thoughts of Detonator Jack yesterday. Uh, I had a bit of a win on it and uh, heading towards the Adelaide Derby. I thought the win and the ride was outstanding yesterday. I've got something for you two, Duff, if you could answer later on. Yep. What do you think about that, you know? Yep. Uh, why not? Uh, he's a really good horse. He's won three from three. And, uh, yeah, Johnny Allen gave him a beautiful ride, but I think that's because he's got a lot of confidence in the horse. So, uh, yeah, yeah I'll be, uh, I will be. I think he'll go straight to the derby now, listening to Dave Eustace. They wanted to space his runs. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that run will give him enough money to get in. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's uh, yeah he's shaping like a, a really good chance for the derby. Yeah. Well, the, horse he, the, the horse he beat the start before... Um, should be a good thing at Canterbury tomorrow, shouldn't it? It was. It was love. I saw the win, and then I thought, oh, the horse had beat. I saw, oh, it's in at Canterbury, three dollars fifty. A uh, thing called Hammer On. Yeah, um, went up five fifty. <laughs> yeah, I, I got three fifty. I, I knew it might have went off quick, but it's mm. a, I mean, typically it'd be shorter now. You'd have to think so. Well, two fifty now. Yeah. Oh, it, sorry. sorry, just on Hammer On two fifty now. Probably the best backed runner on the card, and they were backing it before. Before, uh, that before that race, and I think we took a bet of thirty thousand, a couple of ten thousand dollar bets at around that three eighty three ninety price. So they like it; they like it a lot. Yeah, just with that horse. But what really impressed me, Dino, you would notice this is when Johnny Allen got out of the pocket, went in, and then out. That sprint, like for a stayer, um, you want to be back in something like that so that he can sprint at the end of the journey and and put him in, yeah, stay strong. So it was a really yeah. good win. Um, yeah. And 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 Duff, just quickly. Uh, you know how much I like far too easy, and I mentioned this, that horse to you a few months ago. I spotted another one on Saturday for you to have a look at, mate. Uh, yep. At one of Cam Grange, uh, first start in the race, Johnny Sargent's got it called Owen County. Now, nope. I'm looking at it when the markets come out. Hopefully, Munsey's listening to this. He might be able to tell us when the JJ Atkins market comes out. Look, Duff, this was a big win on Saturday. Um, it's a done 400 deal. 400 metres, first start in the race. Um, if you get a chance to watch it and Next, next time I ring you up, you'll be able to like, yeah. Yeah, see what you think about it. All right, for sure. Um, a two-year-old, was it? Yeah, Rory Hutchings the... wrote it, boys. Okay. Um, it's by a done by done deal, first starter. Uh, by the way, just on, on Kemble, great to see them race there on the weekend. Um, much, you know, we, we've had a lot of chat about, uh, you know, the weather events that have been happening here in New South Wales, but they finally got to race there on the weekend, and 
wrapped from talking to a few people from the club that uh, plenty of people attended that race meeting on the uh, on the Saturday. Plenty of, plenty of locals, which is, I think, fantastic. And uh, obviously, they'll be back there again uh, this weekend at Kembla as well. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, it was a good win, Duff. Uh, JJ Atkins market, that'll come out when we have nominations uh, for the JJ Atkins. I think we're only open pre-noms on a few of those Queensland uh, races um, so far. I think we've only got uh, the 10,000 pre-noms, uh, Stradbroke pre-noms as well, and the Kingsford Smith Doombin Cup. So those other races uh, that will pop up around, uh, they'll probably come out when we have nominations. But, uh, yeah, it was a good win, Duff. Yeah, I'm just watching it now. He's strong down the middle late there, so um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on him. We'll keep an All eye right. on him. 9.43 on Sky Sports Radio. Uh, 13.53.53 is the open line number. Give us a call now if you've got a question for our panel this morning. Ron Doversy and Dean Lester. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You are listening to Punters Postmortem this morning. Good morning to you. Hopefully you're having a good Tuesday thus far as we have a special edition of Punters Postmortem with uh, yesterday being Easter Monday. Now, fourth time lucky. Can we get through to him this time? Ty, he's phoned up again. Good morning, Ty. Good morning, mate. How are you? Very good, mate. We finally got to you. What's on your mind this morning? Oh, not much, mate. I'm just travelling back from Moree. Went to the Moree Dog Carnival for the weekend. I'm a mad Beautiful. Just, I just want to ring up to talk about the ride on Kementari, mate. Yep, where you go, mate. You've got uh, Ron Duffersey and Dean Lester with you as well. How you going, boys? Hey, Ty. How you going? Good, mate. Good, Listen, that ride on Kemantari the other day, that was a good ride, you know what I mean? Perfect ride. That was any other jockey who wouldn't have won on it. Uh, no, I don't that, think... That, that, that's what punters like to see, mate. That's what punters like to see. Yeah, well, it's uh, obviously broke the rules, but the punters that are backed him are cheering. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that because they, they're collecting and that's what it's a self-interest sport. But um, I think most people thought, well, they know he broke the rules in doing so and um, he's got to pay the price for it. But if you backed it, good luck to you. Yeah, and that ride, like, I was just want to say, that ride on him the week before and take it over, it was enormous. Yep. Well, that, that, ride, <laughs> uh, that ride when he beat uh, Zaki? Yep. It was enormous. It was a very, very smart jockey, mate. He's a smart jockey. No argument. Th- thanks for anyway, your call, Ty. Anyway, Cheers, mate. There's I'm Tyra Willow, ladies Have and gentlemen. Yes, yes. Uh, Big family, is, that. <laughs> it, I tell you what, uh, but it is, it is one of those things. I mean, we know we discussed it before, guys, about uh, about his ride on Kemantari, and you hit the nail on the head, Duff. Uh, you know, if you're back Kemantari and, and punters around the country, even, uh, you know, from observing social media and just from talking to punters uh, over the weekend who weren't even on Kemantara, they said, well, you know, from a punning perspective, yes, um, extremely, you know, happy with, with how it, un, you know, what they saw, etc. But then obviously um, others, uh, including ourselves, sort of going, oh, okay, no, he's, he's broken the rules and um, we don't like that. But a couple of interesting texts here. Look, your thoughts here, boys. Um, Ray Nash, um, why should a jockey when making an illegal and dangerous ride, keep a race, while a jockey weighing in 200 grams light lose it. Seems out of proportion. I didn't mind that text to come in. Do we have a comment there on that? I mean, is it something that we need to look at in the future if there are these sort of situations? Yeah, they're all, you know... It's, it's, or is it just it, a, is it opening Pandora's box? Yeah, it's just opening a... You know, like, Kementari broke the rules, but 
was Eddie was unlucky? <laughs> you know, could you take the race off him? You know, he, he got up inside a horse that was. I mean, he, he certainly got the be. flanks of Big Parade, yeah. uh, but it didn't cost him the race. No, no, it didn't. And can you give it to Count de Rupee, who didn't get any interference? I don't. Yeah, you know, you, I, I think it's a demo, demoting horses, other than you know obvious interference that through things like that from coming behind and maybe forcing a run. I think there's opening another the box we don't need to open. It's mm. it's like the whip protest rule. Um, Espiona boys, uh, the James HP Cutstakes. She was back to her best. Interesting that uh, she's off to a paddock. I uh, see uh, this morning on Rise, she's spelling duff. Yeah, I think that was uh, understandable. And, you know, I thought she might have been even spelling before, but it was a, a, a good sign that Chris had kept her going just to get that confidence before going for a spell. And she proved that she can get through the going. It was just she proved that in those big majors, she just can't give them 10 and 15 length start. It's as simple as that. She got too far back in those two previous races and they got more of a position in there, just dropping a little bit in class there on Saturday and she'll come back and she'll be a stronger uh, mare in the spring and she'll be a force to be reckoned with. All right. Uh, and Dino, just a couple of texts here about uh, that uh, champagne, the other group one that was on the card on Saturday. Obviously, we saw those two fillies power away and, and duel each other in terms of She's Extreme and, and Fireburn. Uh, what did you make of the win of She's Extreme? It was a clever ride by Tommy. Well, it was a clever ride. Uh, used his assets, used the speed at the right time. And for Fireburn, she ran the best 600, 400 of the meeting. Uh, but that was how the race was set up, was uh, set up beautifully by Tommy uh, on She's Extreme. And they're the two best two-year-olds. And I don't think there is a lot between them at all. Uh, I don't... I think uh, they both had bad luck in the slipper, but one got through and won, and one was still looking for a run at the end of the race. We saw in the sires, wasn't much between them, but Fireburn got away late. And I was interested in Tommy's comments about his ride in the sires, that he was disappointed in himself that he, he sat when he got to the front instead of going for home. And uh, on Saturday, he didn't do that. He went for home, and, uh, and she won accordingly. Yeah, it was a very well thought out ride. There's, there's no doubt about it because it was always going to be a tactical battle. And some were saying, you know, she's going to just walk in front here. Uh, she's extreme, which, uh, but she, even though she did walk in front, she didn't wait. Uh, she went at the right time. It was, it was a, a brilliant ride. All right, uh, it is currently uh, 9.50. Plenty of calls still coming in on 13.53.53. We've got John on the line. Morning, John. Morning, fellas. Um... Just a question on, on the big dance. I'm not sure, but have they decided, like, the entries, I know you have to run the Country Cup or something, um, have they picked the races that you've got to enter to qualify for it? Not as yet. Not that I'm aware of, no, mate. Uh, that news still coming through, I think, from Racing New South Wales. Oh, OK, no problem. Um, the other thing on the Kamatari, if that had been a fence, um, like the running rail had been like the... 50s or 60s yeah. or 40 years ago, would he have gone through then? No way in the world. No, he, would have, he would have had no, no little toe left, put it that way, would have went straight through the, 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 the wooden fence there, would have shaved yeah. his boot off. Um, these plastic rails have got a little bit of give in them now, so the, the, they, can use, <laughs> yes, they can use it to their advantage. That's all, fellas. Thank you. Thank you for your call, John. Uh, we've got another John on the line. Morning, John. Todd, sorry. Good, boys. How are you? Good, mate. Hello? Okay. 
Um, just had a, uh, just wanted to call off about um, Nash Tarula and, uh, and Special K on the weekend. Um, look, I've been punting for 25 years since Martin Taylor won the Cup. And uh, I've never seen a ride like this for 25 years. I mean, if that was Raymond Shandai or Jimmy Cassidy, they would have been out for a year. Absolutely disgusting. On a uh, heavy ball, track very, very slippery to endanger. If that horse had slipped, it would have brought down the whole field. And horses would have, would have passed away, and so would have jockeys. It would have been disastrous. So, I mean, Nash's been riding for a number of years. He's got a lot of experience. Why would he put him, like, just for a group one win, he put everyone's lives in danger? That was a very, very light penalty that he got. Um, and I, I was not happy about it at all. Yep, you're entitled to your opinion, and it was a group three, it wasn't a group one. And I, like, I think Don't know if it was of... a heavy four, it was a heavy ten. Yeah, too. Was yeah. it heavy ten or heavy nine? Well, it was heavy eight, but it was yeah. a heavy ten, put it that way. <laughs> uh, but he, look, I, I get what he was thinking. He was anticipating... You have another couple of looks at it. He was anticipating a run, which jockeys do. And, they, and yeah. when they're travelling, they can make it happen. But he, he thought when Josh was going for the whip there that he, he might have been just going to oh, wander out a bit, that yeah. horse. And it did yeah. look like that was going to happen. Well, but he half came I, off, didn't he? he right. did, but I reckon Nash, I reckon when Nash went into that hole, his shoulder hit Big Parade's flank and it switched him back in. Mm. So maybe he was anticipating a run that was going to happen. But he anticipated it two and strikes too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Another interesting comment I saw, um, and and from speaking to a few uh, up jockeys as well about it, Duff, and you've ridden horses, is that if he actually had have taken hold and switched over heels, he actually would have put himself in more danger himself because he would have been pulling up Kementari's head and could have actually clipped heels. Yes. With big parade doing I that, have so out surely. No. no, but 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 people were sort of saying, oh, you know, why didn't he sort of pull back and and come round? And actually, because he was just travelling that well and had so a momentum behind him, he actually um, could have put himself in more danger and fell by doing that. Is that sort of correct yes. line of thinking, Duff? Yes, or? it is. Yeah, yeah. Look, if he would have come he pulled out and went sideways, he yeah. would. He was too far up, exactly. Mm-hmm. And look, there's no way in the world he's going out there to hurt himself. You know, it was a decision he made. It was the wrong decision. It wasn't. There was no intent on I'm going to knock these horses down and drive through here. I think he he anticipated something that didn't happen, and he then once he committed to it, there was no way out of it. Mm. What do we think about some of the media? I, I wasn't watching Sky Thoroughbred Central at the time, and I know on various other media outlets it was it was quite you know um, interesting. Some of the comments uh, coming from some of the uh, the media personalities, do we think it was in those sort of situations we need to absorb it a bit more and understand exactly what's going on and why Nash has made the decision, considering his history and the fact that he is quite a, a talented horseman? Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's the heat of the moment stuff. We all get it. We've all got an opinion straight after the race and, yeah, yeah, you know, yahooing and carrying on. But when you sit down and you try and, you know, look at it a, more of a common sense situation, it's not... He's broken the rules, and he may have, you know what, he may have got off light. He may have got mm. off light. But there was no way in the world that he went re- in, into that race thinking, I'm going to charge through this gap at the 100-metre mark that's not there and all, and all this crap. Uh, it was just a situation that unfolded that was unfortunate for him. Uh, the horse still won. Uh, it, I'm still putting it down to 40% of the 
being everyone trying to do the right thing on the day with the bias yeah. and do the rest right. best thing by the punters and the horse. That would have been the so, one thing he probably did go out with the mindset of that, yeah, yeah I want 100%. to be on that lane. Yep. Mm. Uh, and Darren James. And even James Sorry, said mate. that. He said, the last thing I said to him, James, uh, he said, Dash, if you're held up and you miss out the last two strides, we won't care as long as you wait on the inside and see if it happens. So I think it was a bit of instructions as well, to tell you yeah, the truth. Yeah, it was in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, we've got uh, Darren on the line. Morning, Darren. Oh, g'day, guys. How are you? Very good, mate. Um, I just wanted to... I've got to tell you a pun of story because this... I was on the canvas after Straight Aaron and um, <laughs> Byburn. Uh, yeah. One second, I'll turn the radio down. Yeah, good idea. Yep. So anyway, I um, so I, I, I dropped ten on Byburn on Thursday night, and then I got greedy on Saturday and wanted another and dropped another five, and dropped five on on Straight Aaron. I thought, well, I'll clean up on these two and then I'll go home. And um, went to me. I went. After I listened or watched it on um, on the tab up there and watched Straight Aaron get done, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. And then I got down to the tab in time for Byburn. I knew she was gone with 800 metres to go. I didn't think she was going to catch She's Extreme, which was the top ride. I can't, you can't. That was the top ride by Tommy Berry. And um, I think, to be honest, Brenton rode Byburn uh, a little bit arrogant. He could have ridden her a little bit closer in a small field. But, look, she's a gutsy filly. She flew home and... Um, you know, but I just knew she wasn't going to get there. So I was on the canvas and um, I had $2,000 left in, in my pocket. And I went for broke and I um, put it, I just, I just tell the TAB operator which, what horse and what, what place I want to have a bet at. And I said, I, I, backed, I wanted to back a thing at Oak Bank of all places to try and get out of trouble. And um, as he's put the, as he's punched it in there, the machine jammed up and, um, and they jumped. So I couldn't get on. So saved me $2,000 and I've gone, Something's telling me, you know, to get to either go home or um, have one more crack. Anyway, uh, was it, I think Mitch, uh, one of the Freeman boys, he had a, a runner at um, Warwick Nabil, uh, King of Coin, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And um, so I dropped the two on that, which uh, come back and paid three dollars, and I got six thousand. And then that's when Espiona's race was on, and because of the mood I was in, I went all up. Espiona, six thousand. And then I've been waiting for Polly Gray to get on a on a on a soft track, and um, so I thought, why not go all up, Polly Gray? Oh, yeah, of course, of course gamble responsibly. Yeah, you're traveling all right. <laughs> this is this is, this thought, is the I, high this is the high started, rollers <laughs> edition of Punters uh, yeah, yeah, Post Mortem. When you, you first started, oh, I said he had five yeah. bucks on this, and then five, uh, ten on yeah. five, uh, another five, ten on that. Yeah, ten on this. <laughs> so what what did you what was your final tally at the end of the day? Sixty. There's there's the killer dog. You got the killer dog in the background. <laughs> well, he needs it for security. Outstanding, outstanding. It's one of them. It was. Uh, I'll, I'll die with it because all because of that machine jamming up. Otherwise, I would have been sitting at home with my head between my legs, mate. And I just, you know, I got in that mood and I thought, bugger, I'm just going to go all up and um and see how we go. And you know, you can't you can't go past past Chris Waller's horses and stuff like on big days for sort the of thing. And you know, I just yeah, it was a lucky day. So, but as the the I know the gentleman really well down there at the tab, and he's he's like, mate, I'm you sure go. you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it sounds like <laughs> it. Let it ride. Let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> 
said, I let it ride. I will pretty much said, I'm going all up. And he's like, you kidding? I said, no, I don't care because, you know, I'm going all up. I've got a feeling. And um, when I'll actually want to ask you a question about, what do you think Polly Gray's at? I mean, she won the Frank uh, Packer play, was it last year? Uh, yeah. Nah, Polly Gray didn't win the Frank Packer, no. no. She no, won the JRA. Yeah, she won the Gosford Cup or something. She won the Gosford Cup, started her run, yeah. yeah. No, last order, I'm sure I watched a replay there of... Um... She ran third. She ran third in the JRA plate last year behind Paths of Glory and then went to the yeah, Gosford that's Cup. That's right. Different grade. Started AM1. Yeah. Paths right, of Glory yeah. won what it, do you yeah. Think? I mean, look, I mean, he rode it brilliantly, obviously, out in front and... Um, Got away with murder, sort of thing, and um, and I was laughing on coming to the to the eight hundred. I thought you're not going to catch her, and she just kept rolling on, sort of thing. And um, and I remember seeing a an, an interview with Chris, and he said that he was just waiting to get on get on a soft track with her, sort of thing. Um, where do you reckon she could go as far as as a two thousand meter horse? No, oh, look, she can go anywhere as long Cosford as the track's Cup, heavy. I reckon. As long as the track's heavy, she never won a race on a dry track, never. Would yeah. you believe that? So I think she's what she went eleven races, and they've all been on well, yes, yeah, pretty well heavy tracks. Stable on a, on a, it was actually a Facebook interview, and he was going around his stable, and he was patting, you know, he was talking about his horses, and he said, "And here's Polly Gray, we're just waiting for for a wet track." And um, I knew she was in, and I thought, well, you know, if I've got anything left, I'll, I'll have a go on that. But I, because of the mood, I was in after I lost the because I was in mood holes in after I lost on straight Aaron and um, Fiber, and I thought I'm going all out. I don't care. And um, beautiful. I'm actually uh, I've got a bank appointment in about half an hour actually, mate. So don't fancy I'm going to the bank and um, yeah. So but uh, put an elastic band right, around right, it. Look, and look, everyone's commenting on the commentary thing. I watched it. You know, like when you watched it, obviously you didn't realise how close the rally was, and you know it took the rails run and got the win. Nash is like that. I mean, the week before, obviously the same sort of thing, different, you know, out of pull one out of the hat. And his son yesterday rode a winner pretty much the same there. He, his son went out wide on a horse. I can't remember where it was at. It was in the okay. Yeah, Oakbank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's right. And he pulled it out wide, and I thought, this, this thing's gone berserk, gone the wrong way, and ended up getting up and winning the race. So it's obviously in the blood. But, um, look, I watched that replay over and over, and, look, there was a tiny, tiny run, and I think committed to it and once you're committed to it when you're on a 500 kilogram animal mate it's game over you got to take it you well, can't stop you know and, you got a bit um, to, you, I was going to say you got a bit of play with we've got Mark Hunter coming up with Geelong soon Dino might put one out today. later for Geelong no. <laughs> no, nothing today mate nothing today all the machines are jammed today in the Brisbane we'll see how Brisbane yeah. goes but, beautiful um, yeah Thank you very much for your call, brother. Thank Reassess you. your staking plan, I'd suggest. I guarantee you. I guarantee you if Hunter's got something later on at Geelong, that might be flooding. Hey, just speaking of Gosford, a couple of uh, events that Sky Sports Radio are going to be involved with. Dino, you might have to, um, to, we might have to get you up here, mate. Um, Glenn Munsey is hosting uh, an event called Toast to the Coast, the Coast Zone Long Lunch. Of course, this will coincide uh, with, obviously, that uh, Gosford Cup meeting, etc. on the Saturday and, of course, their big race, uh, they're the coast. 1 till 5 p.m. It's at the Joker and the Thief. Uh, tickets are $225. It's a three-course meal, and you get uh, all the beer and wine uh, you want. Bjorn Baker, Chris Lees, special guests Tim Clark, Brenton Avdullah, Josh Parr, Regan Bayless, and Ron Duffersey uh, also there See, giving some tips. There's a lot of good characters there, but you said four hours of Glenn Munsey? <laughs> yeah, four, 
four hours of Glen. No, no, four no. hours of Glen. Uh, as much as I love a lot of those folks. Uh, <laughs> he, he can answer everyone's questions. Yes. Uh, we've got uh, Ella Powell doing the live music and also Andrew Barnett, who's Barney from the Maddie John Show. He's doing some comedy. So that is The Toast to the Coast, uh, which is at The Joker and The Thief. And uh, Tim Clark and Josh Parr actually uh, both have a share in that uh, that particular club and pub up there at Terrigal. So you'll be up there, Duff. And then Thursday yep. night, uh, I'm off to the, the Courthouse Hotel in Tamworth because uh, Friday... Tamworth Cup Day, and it's uh, coinciding this year with the Country Music Festival there in Tamworth. So, a massive uh, week for Tamworth and a massive week for the Tamworth uh, Club. So, make sure you uh, get to the Courthouse Hotel Thursday night for that big Calcutta. So, plenty of events happening here, there, and everywhere, and looking forward to it. We need some horses to follow. Duff, what are we uh, going to put in the black book? Um, a couple of uh, Snowdens that have just resumed there. I like a filly called Dynasties out of Race 5. She's a filly with. She's only won a maiden last preparation at Newcastle, but I thought she's a lovely scopy type who was going to win a few races at this time of year, and um, I thought her way tour did more than enough uh, first up for a horse that wants, you know, a mile 2,000 metres. So he's on target for Queensland. Beautiful. Uh, Dino, your horses to follow? Uh, I thought that through Irish Eyes is ready to win now. He, he's, uh, he's a better Flemington horse, and the next few weeks... There's staying races at Flemington every two weeks, so I imagine that that's where he's going on that path. So he's ready to win. And uh, Horsefoot, uh, I think he did it two years ago. Dr Drill won the Scone Cup. His run in the Victoria Handicap is well worth watching. Uh, he never got a crack at them at any stage. Ran the second best last 200 of the meeting, uh, running up behind them. Uh, I think he got Cleary to run a place at Big Odds. Uh, he's right on track to go back to Scone and, and run really well in a few weeks' time. Outstanding. Thanks for coming on today's show, boys. Uh, we look forward to next week. Now, next week, of course, is it's Anzac Day uh, on that uh, Monday. So we will have a Tuesday edition next week of Punners Postmortem again, and we'll touch base throughout the week to make sure you're available. But uh, thanks for coming on today, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. There's Duff uh, and there's Dino. That's been Punters Postmortem. It's six past ten. We're going to have a preview of our only race meeting today in Australia. It's at Geelong. It gets underway at 1.30, and Mark Hunter is going to join us very soon.